I'm Mitch. I'm Keith. And this is the Layman's Term Show. The Layman's Term Show, where a couple lay people, not, not clergy, clergy, talk about where life and faith intersect and have some fun conversations. Hey, Keith. Hey, Mitch. How are you today? All right. How are you doing? Good. Good. You, you know, it's on your side. You're supposed to flip the sand. I was going to flip the sand of time. I was moving my seat. No, oh, okay. I was moving my seat. You're supposed to silence your phone. Oh, well, I don't. That's not my phone. I don't have my phone. Must have been your watch. You think? Oh, it was. Um. Yep. <laughs> let's talk about let's talk about people real quick that like try to buy your house from you. Okay. When like your house isn't for sale. Yeah. <clears throat> let's let's like a text I'm message super, I just got. Super interested in your address. Yeah. Just um, checking in on this uh, letter I sent you to this address, right? Like, what? And then you like my my favorite my favorite text message response is sure I'll I'll sell I'll sell you you know I want a million dollars cash three day closing and I'll sell you my house that's not even worth a yeah. third of that yeah you know and and then and then they always try to come back well you know it depends on the condition and the quality no no that's no, my offer one million dollars yeah. It's now so, gone up to 1.5 because you're haggling with me. Um, I just read this. I just read this article about some um, some farmland that was suburbanized. I don't know if that's worth suburbanized, but outside of like Sydney, Australia, and it's this these tracts of land that are just put in, um, uh, just house on top of house on you know these. Mm-hmm. And anyway, there was this. There's this in the the article had the aerial view. There's this strip of land that this one person farmhouse like 50 acres mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. but just just pinned in just, between all just the other packed yeah in yeah by neighborhood like mm-hmm. boom 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 you know yeah and uh anyway they've been offered like 30 million dollars for it and they're like nope not leaving <laughs> <laughs> well it's like that it's like the story about um the movie that they they made which you know obviously whatever the um uh, uh, the movie Up, right, where the old guy, like, they're building these sk- skyscrapers, you know, mm-hmm. around his house or whatever, and he sells balloons in the park, and then he, you know, puts all these balloons on his house and flies his house away because they want to, you know, they're going to take over the land. Well, that's based on a true story. A I think it was from- a house away? No, 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 no. No, the, the, the original concept is based oh. on, a, on a true story. It was like Japan or- I, so I can't remember. I can't remember even the country, but- um, they had all these like maybe it was New York. No, I don't remember. Like all these skyscrapers like around this tiny house, you know. And he just wouldn't just wouldn't sell, and was offered you know fifty million dollars for this little you know third acre or whatever that this house is sitting on. Wouldn't sell. Wouldn't sell. Wouldn't sell. As a matter of fact, um, there's another example. That was what the movie was based off. But there's another example of some guy again. I, I'm pretty sure this was in China. Where they were um, building, they were going to build like this, this you know, massive highway system or whatever, and he wouldn't sell his property, and so he's like in the middle of like this. He's in the media. twelve lane, you know, each way, like he's in the middle of it, you know. You know, it's, it's like uh, All fascinating. Right, is to it me. fascinating? It's fascinating because for is thirty it- million dollars, you could go buy another farm somewhere else. Like I get, it's been in your family and all that kind of stuff, but. So is it, do you find it ridiculously stubborn or inspiringly noble? 
Um, I, I guess it depends. I guess it depends on what they're going to do, right? Like, if if they were building a nuclear waste dump on your property and it was going to affect like everybody around you, mm, the negative, the, right? Then then that's like noble, right? Like that's like you know, no, I'm not going to sell for any you know any reason or whatever, right? Um, but it's kind of just stubborn if. You know, like if somebody came to my house and was like, I love your house. I love where it's at. I love everything about it. I'm going to give you five times the value of it sold. I'll go buy another house somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, and I guess I don't, I don't know about you, but I don't really have an attachment to, Mm -hmm. to that specific, you know, even, I mean. But it's not generational. But it's not generational either. So I guess that would be the only. The examples we have of, you know. You assume they're generational. You would assume, or or, you know, they're they're older people that have a lot of memories there. That's been their house forever, right? So then it's kind of like, um, you know, kind of the same the same thing. But you know, we've talked about this before. Generation is not very attached to mm. items. Yeah, right. We're attached to experiences, and so we we tend to um, value that. That trip to Cancun that we took with a family mm-hmm. or, you know, the Alaskan cruise or, you know, whatever um, versus grandma's fine china. Ooh, it is fine. Old country rose. It's Old the pattern rose. of the <laughs> finest of fine china. <laughs> finest of the fine. Well, so um, it kind of makes me think this, you know, the stubborn versus um, noble or uh, it kind of make it. So we had this we had a staff meeting this week, mm-hmm. and we were talking about um, these decisions. And uh, Christy on, on staff here runs a lot of our uh, tech um, related like online services, online uh, and stuff Facebook like that. So and, if you worshipped mm-hmm. online with the church, you've probably interacted virtually with Christy. Um, very wise. Uh, she's in education, and she uh, drew up this chart that probably like everybody knows, but it was new to me. Um, she just envision it. She drew drew an X on the board. Um, well, not an a, X. A plus. A plus. Plus sign. And then on the top two boxes, she wrote right. In the bottom two boxes, she wrote wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, the upper left, she put a positive right. sign. In the upper right, she put a negative sign. Bottom left, positive sign. Bottom right, negative sign. Yep. So in your decision making, you can be right. Mm-hmm. And your rightness can have a positive impact or a negative impact. Right. So that's that's on top mm-hmm. or on the bottom. You can be wrong. Your you know your decisions we'll have can a be positive wrong impact and have negative. a positive impact mm-hmm. or a negative impact. And I just thought that was fascinating. And now I'm applying it to your nuclear waste dump. Yeah. Verse. Yeah. Um, that would probably be right and positive. Yes. Because it's the right decision to protect your community. And it would have a positive impact on, you know, your community, right? Um, you could you could say, uh, you know, if somebody, it, I don't know, and, and tell me how you feel about this. I feel like um, some of the issue with some of the smaller towns is that if they're in a growth phase and they're and they're trying to grow. They really need access to land to grow, right? Okay. And so when you've got, you know, five people that all own 
50% of that kind of outlying area of the city, whether it's farmland or, or mm-hmm. whatever, um, that, that they don't sell, they don't sell, don't sell. They, they kind of stifle that community a little bit and kind of keeping it mm-hmm. um, small. Now, you know, not saying that it, it's anybody's, because uh, I'm a big, I'm a big personal rights person. If yeah, somebody has the sure. property and they don't want to sell it, don't sell it. Right, yeah. like that, that doesn't bother me. Imminent um, domain doesn't sit well with you. Imminent domain does not sit well with me. I would not. I would. There's very little, very little um, that I would agree with, um, where they're like going to take somebody's property for a highway or an exit or whatever. Like, I'm I'm not okay with that. Um, now, I think most reasonable people. If you offer them way more than fair market value, yep. they'll probably sell, right? Uh, Maybe begrudgingly, but yeah. But I mean, if you're if you're you know uh, five times, six times, ten times what it's worth, then it kind of what you think it's worth, not what some bean counter thinks it's worth, right? Mm-hmm. But if like you're like, you know, uh, I don't know, I think this you know fifty acres is worth you know I don't know a million dollars, right, or whatever, right? And they come in and offer you ten million for it. Well, you you know you kind of be stubborn. Mm. Well, there might be a really good reason why you don't want to sell anyway. Um, but then you you kind of you kind of think about um, this is actually related. Uh, you think about like s- stocks and the stock market. Yep. So think about um, stock. The stock market. Okay. Um, you know, I, I always think back to when I was in college. Um, one of my, one of my good friends was like, Hey, we should buy some Apple stock. Cause it was like a dollar 50 Steve jobs just left. Like stock was not doing good. It wasn't Apple. Wasn't like it is today. Right. And I'm like, why would I waste my money on that? Right. Well, if we had just spent like a thousand dollars on Apple stock, uh, I wouldn't be here right now, you know, with the splits and the way that it is and all that kind of stuff. I mean, It'd be fifty plus million dollars, probably almost a hundred million dollars, right? Um, but the thing is, who knows what I would have sold it, right? Like, I mean, that's that would be worth it yeah. today. But when I bought my first house, it might have been fifty grand, and I might have been like, mm, "That's a good down payment for yeah. first house, right?" So you really don't know. You don't know what the you don't future know. value of what that is really going to be worth. So, anyways, as an aside. But yes, go ahead. You're. Um, we were talking about. Um, the 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 leadership um yeah. meeting that we were at yeah no that that concept of um it's just a new framework for um i think walking through decision making well what's interesting new to me new to new, me new to you new to you uh what's interesting about that too for me is um you know in 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 the the basics of Methodism, it's uh, do no do no harm. Do no harm. Right? Okay. Do so all the good you can. Do all the good that you can. So is making the wrong decision but having a positive outcome, I guess that would fall in line with that, right? Because you're, you're actually doing good even though you did something. Now, I don't want to say wrong. It's not like you you hit somebody over the head and stole their purse or something. Right. But like you, you, you. All right. So here was my question. Mm. Right. Um, so like um, 
intentionally losing the family board game mm-hmm. so that the youngest comes up victorious. Yep. Right? Yep. Okay. Or the wife. Sure. If they're very competitive. If I don't know who'd do that. I so, don't know who would do that. So, <laughs> is that intentionally, mm-hmm. you know, the in- intentionally not playing the hand that would win Mm -hmm. and providing an opportunity for someone less fortunate right to feel to feel good the victory victory ill-gotten as it may be Mm -hmm. but they're not aware that it's ill-gotten right um is that is that the wrong is that a wrong thing because Mm -hmm. it was dishonest Mm-hmm. Play. Oh yeah, I would. So that I would be, say it's definitely the so wrong, wrong thing to do. So that you should be playing the game to win. So that's the not bo- playing so, the game. So to now lose. you're in the bottom. Yeah. So now that's a wrong decision. I would say it also has negative impact. Also has a negative impact because you're now also teaching. Yes, you're teaching. You're 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 letting somebody feel good in the moment, but you're also not letting them learn how to lose gracefully. Yep. Either, right? Um, so that's kind of a weird one because it could be both can, a positive like, and a negative. It could be outcome. the worst. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're gonna have to stop. You have to stop letting your wife win at board games. <laughs> so I was a. Uh, you know, being, Dude, what's funny is, does your whole family just think you're just really bad at board games? No, it's not all the time. It's just, it's just sometimes I use my empathy to read the room, uh-huh. right? And sometimes for me, I'm just having a great time, and I'm not competitive. Mm, right? I'm very competitive. I'm not competitive. Winning isn't the end result for me. But I'm, I'm with you. I'm right? with you. On, so I'm like, with you on this. Right, I'm, I'm, in this, in the same way. I'm in this baseball league. Uh-huh. All right. Okay. I'm on a team. My team just kind of disbanded. This I might tear up if we get into this too far. Anyway. You're, are, this is your team. My team. My not personal team. Mm-hmm. We are the worst team. Okay. Right? We are not the church softball league. That's no. the best. No, that's the best. Okay. But uh, your personal worst yes. team. Yes. Yes. We're horrible. Um and anyway, I personally would rather be on like so to use it in the grid, every from my comp- non-competitive standpoint, I would like to be. It would be nice to be part of a winning team mm-hmm. that I contributed to. Sure, right? Yeah. So you that, don't want to feel like you're the weakest. Link that's on your the team. that's your plus plus, right? Uh-huh. Is mm-hmm. like you're on a winning team that's you contribute to, mm-hmm. right? The plus plus plus. You know, this is where you get in all these different levels. You're on a winning team that you contribute to. That plays at the highest level possible, mm. right? Now you're super competitive, mm-hmm. and you're super developed, and you're hyper productive, and you're part of it, right? Right. But you go the other direction. I do not want me personally. In my some super competitive people would like to just be on the bench of the team. Playing at the highest like level, like they're okay with other people winning the game for them. Yeah, but they're part. Uh, they're but they're part of it. Yeah, in a way, right? Right. Which is which is what I think. I think uh, which you, is what we all do with our with our sports teams. We're a part of right, right, right. Like, right. like the Super Bowl rings, the office gets yeah. a ring too. Well, right. Even you yeah. and I, every 
we're part of the Chiefs Kingdom, baby. Yeah. Right? Well, we're, yeah. We're part, we're, right? Yeah, we're here. Kingdom, we're sure. here in Kansas City, right? <laughs> like, we took part in yeah. the Super Bowl victory. When I yell at the TV, they hear me. They, it, You're part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Part of that. You're part of that winning team. Yeah, of course. Okay? Yeah. I feel um, it. Right. Um, but anyway, where I'm going with that is I like playing the game. Mm-hmm. So for me, the fun is in playing the game, not being on the winning side of it. Okay, I have another thought for you. <clears throat> so I played tennis, right? Okay. I played tennis. Um, high school, you know, all that, yeah. all that stuff. Okay. Um, there's, there's this, there's this prevalent notion and it's completely true, at least in tennis. So I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if baseball is the same way. Um, if you play, if you're constantly playing people that are not as good as you, you, won't you don't get, get better. better. Exactly. Right? But if you, if you play people that are way better than you, you won't get better. You still won't get better. Correct. You have to keep like inching up. Yep. You know, you got to play somebody that's that's like maybe one level better than you, ideally, right? and then and then you kind of just step up. But like at the same time, that person that's better than you has to play somebody better than yep. them yep. as well, right? So it's this this kind of like I circle. Think I think it's the same thing. I think it gets a little more complicated with. Um, I think it gets a little more complicated with team sport. Than it does an in individual sport yeah. like tennis, yeah. right? Like, right. like I put tennis and chess would be the same, right? Mm-hmm. Like chess, you're gonna have to continually play somebody ranked higher than you um, to advance your um, your skills. Well, I would say the, I would say the same thing about it. like batters have to face a little bit better pitcher Correct. to learn how to bat better. Pitchers probably have to face a little bit better batter. So what, learn, you know what I mean to yeah. learn how to. So what I'm I guess where I would put better. it with the team sport though, why the dynamic gets a little different is because not only do you want to be you know so baseball is a game of stats and averages, right? Mm-hmm. So when I say 500 baseball, you know what I mean, right? Mm-hmm. You you, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. win half your games, half you lose half, half your games. games. Yep. Um, well, you know, you'd like to, you want to, for your development, I think you'd probably want to be, for optimal development, you want to be 500 across the board, right? You'd want to be the, the mid- win some, it, lose some. There's If there's 11 kids on the team, 11 guys on the team, you want to be about the fifth best player. Okay. You want to be, if there's 11 teams in the league, you want to be about the fifth best team in the league. Yeah. You know, if there's 11 conferences that your league's in, you want to be in the middle of the road conference. And maintaining maintaining that, making changes to maintain that, um, could produce your optimal results. Now... But my no. lack of competitiveness, yeah, that's, I that's just want difficult. To, I want to be in a position to be. I want to be in a position to to participate. My my thing about my thing about anything um, game wise, board game, um, Jazz, sports, tennis, you know, whatever, is that I get enjoyment. Not necessarily out of out of winning per se, but crushing the opponent. No, no, I oh. get enjoyment out of two things: um, understanding the game better than my opponent, 
right? Okay. So when I play, say, chess, for example, or Monopoly or like whatever. Intellectual well, dominance. The intellectual dominance. Understanding the game so much better. Like, you know, you play Clue. You know, like writing down what other people are. Do you have this? Do you have this? You, have, you know, okay. And then and then trying to figure out what what they have and what they don't have based on what they're asking for, right? Okay. And then you get other clues and it kind of helps you narrow down a lot faster, right? Okay. That's truly, that's 3D clue right there, you know? So 3D chess, 3D clue. It is. Yeah. Well, hey. So anyway, anyway, so like I don't even actually care if I win just as long as I understand the game better than, than, that, than that matters to me. And then two, I like coming from behind. Like... I don't really get enjoyment out of just coming out and like always being ahead and, and beating somebody like tremendously terribly, you know, like I feel bad almost. Right. I like it. Cause I feel like when you're and I'm sure you can relate when you're in that slump in the middle of the game and you're just like, this is not going well, I'm going to lose this thing or whatever. And then you, you bring yourself out of it. Those are the best victories to me. Oh right? yeah. Like those sure. are the best wins. Um, and so if I'm like playing Monopoly and I'm like crushing everybody at the table, then yeah, I, I make silly trades and let the family, you know, like let the kids, you know, and I think we talked about this before, you know, I'll be like, I'll give you a park place if you give me a hug, you know, and then they're like, what really? Yeah, here you go. There you go. You know, because that, like, I don't, I don't get enjoyment out of, you know, crushing my, you know, 11 year old and nine year old at Monopoly. Right. Um, but I do get, I do get some enjoyment if I if everybody else is winning and I'm like about ready to be out of the game and then I come back and crush them. The comeback. Yeah, the comeback story. Everybody likes the comeback story. Now, okay, I'm gonna ask you. I'm gonna ask you this. So we we talked about all this. Do you think? Do you think your relationship and your journey with God is very similar? Where if you're if you're newer on your journey, constantly being around people that are like you know, so f- more, so much further along. Yes. Let me is back that detrimental. Up. Let me back it up real quick. And let me back up real quick. And we're going to go right into your topic. Thump, thump, thump. But I do want to say, yes, mm-hmm. I believe mm-hmm. that God lets me win because he doesn't think I can handle losing. <laughs> right. I think there's situations where it's like, man, like, this should not have this should not have gone well at all. <laughs> and it ended okay. Like there has been some uh divine providence uh in my life of of not failures. Yes. So so yeah, I feel like the Is there divine providence in I your feel, failures too? I'm sure there is. I feel like the <laughs> I, God I just, knocks you down a quarter too. I just feel like a kid at the table who <laughs> who's getting to play the game and uh and not getting left out because I'm unqualified. Okay. Now back to my welcome to layman. Back stands. to my uh, back to my point. Now, do you feel the opposite is true too? If you if you if you're, I would say, more advanced in your journey, um, it's constantly being around people newer. Bad. No, I think it's a balance. I think in mm-hmm. the I think in the um um. Oh, a lot of a lot of in the in the church world in the in the Christian evangelical church world of discipleship um, and growing in your faith. Uh, there's this um, little triangle we talk about um, is 
is like Paul, the apostle Paul, and he had Timothy. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. he was the apostle Paul and he was called by God and he's um, understanding and um, preaching the salvation of Jesus very effectively. And he brings very wise a, person. Brings along, brings along a, very, a, a young person to mm-hmm. teach in the way and train up, mm-hmm. and that's Timothy. Um, so he also um, brought along uh, a peer of his, Barnabas, mm-hmm. um, also on, on journeys um, and development. So um, we talk about like, you know, like a brother in Christ, like you can have a Barnabas, Paul Barnabas, relate, somebody, you know, iron sharpening iron working together mm-hmm. like that. And then you can also have Timothy's in your life where somebody mm-hmm. who's not as far along in your faith journey that you are, you recognize them and you recognize your intentionality in their discipling. Um, and then also you need to look above, look ahead of you for you're the Timothy who's a Paul. Mm-hmm. Who's somebody who's developing you, sharpening you, bringing you along farther in your journey? So I think that's a good question we can ask um, out of regularity is, do I, do I have a Paul? Mm-hmm. You know, is there someone in my life who is developing my faith? And then do I have a Timothy? Is there somebody in my life whose faith I'm helping develop? And I would I would really look at it um, from the story and the um, analogy of being a shepherd. Okay. Okay. Um, if you're a shepherd by yourself and you're surrounded by your flock twenty four seven, are you really becoming a better shepherd? Or are you becoming a sheep? Or are you becoming one of your flock? Right. Okay. Um, if you're a shepherd, this is a great question for all those kindergarten teachers out there. If we had kindergarten teachers listening. Why is this a good kindergarten question? Do they feel at the end of the day? Do they feel like they've raised their kindergartners? Oh yeah, or are they just a kindergartner themselves? <laughs> Have you? Oh, ra- yeah, I yeah, think no, imagine some days you no, feel like great. some days you feel like the. Kindergartners have yeah. risen a level in adulthood. And I imagine other days you feel like you've regressed back <laughs> in your towards the kindergartner. But yeah, no. If you if you are a shepherd and you only hang out with other shepherds, do you? What do you do? Right. Okay. And I think it's a great message for for us. And we 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 talk about this um, on occasion that you can't just. You can't just come to church and socialize with church people, right? Like, you you can't keep your audience small, right? Because then you're just you're just a, a shepherd amongst other shepherds, right? You you have to reach out, and you have to expand, and you have to understand that you you should be shepherding. You need to go beyond other people, right? Um, but Go then beyond, or you're just a resounding gong, right? Yeah, yeah. But then allow yourself to be shep- shepherded mm-hmm. uh, yourself, right? Um, and so, yeah, I think that that's a um, an interesting an interesting thought of you know because uh, I, I feel like I feel like most people in their in their journey. Um, through through trying to be more like Christ, uh, I think the pitfalls, one of the pitfalls is only relying on, or only, I don't want to say relying on, only 
using your inspiration as the Bible alone versus other people, mm. right, in your life and discussing. And so it's not just uh, Christianity isn't just coming to church on Sunday, hearing the message, and then leaving, right? It's worship, it's study, it's small group. It's it's so much more faceted than just one thing, right? And, and it's allowing allowing the teachings to influence your everyday day in and day out yeah. um, decision makings and actions. Yep. Uh, for to 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 circle it back to wrap it up mm-hmm. with our quadrant, right? Mm-hmm. To your point yep. is we're coming back with we want to make the want to make the right decision, so the morally right decision, um, for the most positive impact. Yeah. Yeah, because and I, and if you keep, go make yeah. the morally right decision and it's got a negative and impact. share it and produce it and propagate it in a negative way that impacts others has more of a negative impact on um, drawing people closer to cry. If it actually yeah. pushes, if oh you make the right decision, but it's pushing people farther away um, from accepting Jesus, you're actually in the in the you could find yourself in that right slash negative. Um, I'm gonna, quadrant. I'm gonna, I'm gonna relate it back to my favorite example. All right, which is uh, going to a restaurant after after Sunday worship, and like leaving a tip as like a one of those track cards or like mm-hmm. you know like uh you you know yeah, but see that's a relationship a wrong... with God is the best tip I can ever give you, right? That's um, a, but that's like a wrong negative. That's not yeah. even a right negative. I know, I know, I know. But like, let's pretend, for example. Uh, that we went out as a church staff, right? And they know we're a church staff and we get really bad service, right? You'd be right to maybe not give as good of a tip as you normally would, but does that end up being, you know what I mean? Does it end up having a negative consequence because they're viewing you in a certain light, mm. right? So, I mean, I, it's... We are in a... Just read a great article about how we're the only place with this invasive um, tip culture. Oh, it's terrible. That um, It's terrible. So, anyway, uh, yeah. Do you, know, but, do you know some restaurants are are now... You're tipping your waitress, and then they have another line to tip the, the kitchen staff, the people that cook the food. It's terrible. What? I, I don't understand. Okay, look. Here's the deal. Pay your pay your kitchen staff the wage that they need. Pay your waitresses the wage that they need, and charge me accordingly for the food. Period. Yeah, a lot of countries are like that. I, like almost every other country, but ours. Like I don't understand. I don't understand this, um, this whole tip culture, and I don't. I don't get who is still like, you know, for it in our culture today. I've never met anyone a layman mm. who's like tipping's a great culture to have. Have you? Not when it's run away. Yeah. Tipping. It's, it's nuts. It's crazy. Anyway. Anyway. I'm a, a great, I'm a great tipper. I do love tip. tip. I do. I, I enjoy tipping. I waited tables. I understand what that tip means. I totally get it. I totally also understand that I'm a demanding um, person. I drink, uh, like if I order water, I'll have seven or eight while I'm sitting there. I just liquid and eating is like two <laughs> things for me. Right. And so, uh, I get that I'm demanding on that and I'm very, you know, like, you know, my drinks empty for a few minutes. Like I don't, 
I don't freak out about it. I understand myself because I waited tables before and I understand it, but I also understand really bad service. And, um, you know, anyway, I think that, uh, I think that generally I'm probably a better tipper than, uh, most because, you know, my, my, my flat, my like bad service is like 20%. For yeah. Me. So that's the, anyway, the article I was reading, that's kind of the new standard minimum yeah. for table service. Yeah. So I, you know, it's easy to calculate. Yes, it is. It's, it's way, way better than 18%. Way better. I yeah, figure that I, out. I actually, I actually do 20 as a minimum because yeah. of the easy to calculate. Yeah, yeah. Just because it, yeah, yeah, so easy. And I always, uh, I have this weird thing with tipping where the dollar amount has to be even. So I usually tip a little bit more than 20%. So if it's like, you know, if your bill's like oh, you put $11.12, the- then it's 82 cents at the end. The first thing I do is eight or 88 cents so that it's zero, zero, you know, because I can't, I can't tip an odd amount. Like I can't have change on the really for the total, yeah. So, like, so you're gonna yeah. send somebody home with a pocket full of pennies because no, it's like most of the time it's a it's a card, right? Like I don't tip cash. I, I do on occasion, and it's just cash. No, but... I meant when they get tipped out. No, usually when you get no, no, no. Let's not. Let's not. When I don't know, I it's been a long time since I waited tables, but when I got cash out, if it was a if it was a card, it just ended up on your check. Oh no, you don't was, get cash. Cash mine was cash money. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Back oh, in the day, interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, back in my day, which was probably a little <laughs> before my before day, before your day, we didn't. Um, All right, hey, we're going to continue this discussion off air, and yeah. we're going to let you guys enjoy the rest of your day. Yeah, thanks for being with us. Yeah, have a good one. Bye.